Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we discuss issues important to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institutes, Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. Do community associations have the power to regulate or even ban smoking? And if so, should your community consider this and how should you approach what could be a very controversial move by your board and management? We'll be talking about these questions in this episode of Community Matters with our guest Stefan Richter Esquire with the Doylestown, Pennsylvania law firm Clemens, Richter & Reese. Stefan is a member of CAI's prestigious College of Community Association Lawyers and is a past president of our chapter of CAI as well as a former chair of CAI's Pennsylvania Legislative Action Committee, a committee on which Stefan still serves today. Welcome, Stefan. And why don't you tell us a little bit about Clemens, Richter, and Reese and the work that your firm does for community associations. Thank you, Tony, and uh, thank you for having me. Clemens, Richter, and Reese has represented condominium and homeowners associations since the 70s. Uh, Terry Clemens, the founding partner, was involved in the original adoption of the Uniform Condominium and Co-op and uh, Planned Community Acts, and since then we have been uh, very active in the industry. Uh, my practice, together with my associate Josephine Lee, is limited to representing condominium associations and homeowners associations. That's all we do. We represent associations anywhere from uh, transition, uh, from declaring control, uh, assessment collections, document interpretations and amendments, and any associated litigation. So we serve all community and condominium associations' legal needs. So I imagine you see complaints about smoking in the work that you do. Um, Are there settings in which you most often see this issue come up? I think the smoking issue arises most often in in higher density settings. So mid-rise and high-rise buildings, apartment complexes that have been converted to condominiums and uh, anywhere where the, the, the living is close and the uh, product is, is such that smoke will enter from a unit into common areas or a unit into another unit or from common areas into units and will annoy the neighbors. Is there a specific demographic, you know, older people, people younger people, is smoking more common among a certain demographic group? Well, it's interesting you say that. I have uh, 55 and older communities that are, you know, brand new communities where we've adopted complete ban on smoking and nobody smokes. Um, We've gone into uh, communities that have existed that are apartment conversion buildings where you can smell the smoke in the parking lot and you'll smell it in all the units and it's just the way that the association is. It's it's always been that way, and it probably will always be that way. Um, so I, I can tell you that the, the product type is any high-density community will have most of the issues. Age of development doesn't really matter. Uh, I would guess that more modern communities will be more sensitive to smoking and, and trying to ban smoking in terms of demographics. I think the perception is that uh, uh, people are smoking less now than they have before, but that may I don't have any research to back that up. I think that's just perception. Right. Well, it sounds like from the comments you're making that associations certainly have the power to regulate smoking. I think the simple answer is absolutely yes. Associations have uh, invariably uh, the power to adopt rules and regulations concerning common elements. And if you're talking about hallways, common areas, uh, 
clubhouses, uh, even parking lots or, or outdoor areas. Uh, boards have powers to ban smoking in those areas, and I think most associations uh, will have a ban on smoking in the clubhouse or at the pool or things like that. Uh, I think the, the power to adopt uh, rules and regulations uh, concerning smoking um, is, 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 is more controversial as you get into uh, the type of conduct that the unit owners can do inside their units or their limited common element private areas. Have you ever seen a new community, uh, this is probably not likely, but maybe this is something we might see in the future, have you ever seen a new community established with a pre-existing ban on smoking in the declaration or governing documents? I have not seen that. Um, I have seen brand new communities with signage uh, everywhere, uh, at least in common areas and public areas, banning smoking, uh, not even having, uh, you know, cigarette uh, butt receptacles. Uh, but I have not seen it in governing documents. Okay. In your opinion, and uh, should associations, they have the authority, we just established that, should they regulate smoking? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's the same question that, you know, should associations regulate anything? And I think the answer to that is if, if indeed it is a problem um, and unit owners complain about it uh, and there is a, a valid reason to to address smoking, then yes, they should address smoking. I think in, in most settings, you know, I keep going back to this, in, in public areas, the, the expectations is that, that, that smoking should be banned. People don't want to smell smoke when they enter uh, a common hallway. They don't want to smell smoke when they walk uh, into a building or uh, in or out of the clubhouse or, or even the pool. So in those areas, I think it's very uh, accepted that smoking should be banned. Um, or, or at least regulated so that you have a designated smoking area. And most associations will have that. Without controversy, I might add. I, I don't, I, most people won't complain about that. What about, uh, what about regulations or outright bans on smoking in the actual living units? Well, I think that's the, that's the million-dollar question is do, do the boards have the power uh, to address smoking inside units? and Should they ban smoking inside units? And can they ban smoking inside units? To the extent that conduct inside a unit negatively affects a neighbor, the the answer to that is you know possibly yes, M maybe it should be addressed, and there are ways to address it that that may not be as drastic as an absolute ban. You know, anytime you tell a unit owner that is used to doing something for a long time that they can no longer do that, you're going to get uh, some pushback. Um, but there may be some other uh, methods of uh, addressing smoking, for example, um, you know, timing, location, you know, outdoors or indoors, um, depending on the, the product type, is, uh, is the smoke getting into another unit? How is it getting into the other unit? Are, are there, you know, shared air conditioning or uh, ventilation systems? You know, all those things can be addressed uh, short of a ban. Um, obviously, the ban is the most drastic and will be uh, the most controversial way to address it. We often talk about, uh, whether it's in articles or webinars or education sessions that we do here at CAI, about the peaceful possession and quiet enjoyment, that so-called clause in, in statutes and governing documents. Do you think, given that language, that associations have the obligation to regulate smoking? There are certainly cases throughout the country where 
um, the sword has turned and the, the, the victims, so to speak, or, or those complaining about smoking have sued you know, their associations or apartment owners and attempting to force them um, to, smock, to stop the uh, infiltration of smoke into their, into their units. So under certain circumstances, um, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it is not only a, a, a do we have the power to address it, but um, do we have liability for failing to address it? And the answer to that can be yes. There may be f failure. There may be a liability for failure to address smoking when it does uh, negatively impact a neighbor. Um, the, the, the kind of provisions that you're talking about, the peaceful possession, the quiet enjoyment, um, are, are, are sort of catch-all nuisance provisions. And every document almost invariably has a, uh, a section in their use restriction that says, that, you know, thou shalt not commit a nuisance uh, uh, or breach the quiet enjoyment of, of a neighbor. And what constitutes a nuisance in the eyes of a law may not necessarily constitute a nuisance um, that you and I may think of. So a, a, a legal nuisance is, you know, the, the invasion of another's interest in private use and enjoyment of the land, but that invasion is not actionable unless it results in some kind of significant harm. So just because it annoys doesn't necessarily make it an actionable nuisance. But if the smoke is pervasive, the smoke is uh, persistent and enters another unit and uh, the, the person is, is sensitive to the smoke and has, you know, uh, for example, uh, asthma um, or ill health effects from it, then certainly the, uh, uh, the risk is that the association must address this rather than having to think of it in terms of can we address it. So you mentioned the term nuisance. I want to come back to that in a second. But you you uh, you talked about court cases in other states. What was the, what was the result of those court cases? Did the the individuals who sued, uh, who believed they were being harmed by smoking, did they win those court cases? There have been some that have won, and there have been some that have been lost. So the the law in Pennsylvania is we have we don't have a case yet. It's unclear. It's unclear. <laughs> Um, I can't think of the case now, but it is a California case where uh, clearly the, the association was held liable and was required to pay damages for failing to address it. Um, but I think it all is going to depend on, on the circumstances, on how pervasive the smoke is, uh, how much smoke there is, and how, how it affects the, the quote-unquote victim. Right. So let's go back to that concept of nuisance you, you mentioned. Is, is smoking considered a nuisance? Well, the Pennsylvania Indoor Air Act does consider smoking in public areas as nuisance, uh, but it has not been declared in Pennsylvania as a matter of statute as a nuisance uh, that would apply to private areas such as associations or apartment buildings. So that's not really a good guide. <laughs> well. I think it's a it's something that may be coming, but it is right. something that hasn't been determined yet. So something is either a nuisance by statute or is a nuisance because it, it, it results in significant harm to the complaining party. So if the statute doesn't address it, you really have to have circumstances that are severe enough to constitute an actionable nuisance. So there is a difference in between a legal nuisance and what some would con would commonly describe as a nuisance. Absolutely, there's a distinction there. Yes. And, and sometimes that, that leads to uh, disputes between uh, complaining parties and associations because they, they read the word nuisance in a use restriction saying, well, this smoking is a nuisance. 
well, it may be a nuisance in, in the ordinary sense of the term, um, but you know, perhaps not uh, rise to the, to the level of a nuisance uh, which the law would deem actionable. So what are the methods of adopting a, either a, a regulation or a ban, an outright ban on smoking in a community association? I, I hate giving this answer, but it really depends on the documents. So uh, many of the modern go governing documents uh, specifically uh, vest in the board of directors the power to adopt rules and regulations uh, concerning use and occupancy of units. And if you have clear-cut language like that in, in the declaration or the bylaws or your code of regulations, then certainly there's an argument to be made that you can ban smoking uh, in units to the except to the extent that um, it impacts neighbors and, and creates, for lack of a better term, a nuisance or a hazard <laughs> on the neighbor. Um, rule and regulation power is just that, though, and can be undone by the next board. The, I think the preferred method is to do an amendment of the unit owners. The, the amendment has really two benefits. One is because an amendment to the declaration requires a vote of the unit owners, uh, by at least 67% in most cases. Uh, courts will look at that and, and, and clearly agree that the smoking ban is, uh, is consistent with the will of the community, that they have voted for this, that they want this, and that uh, it is therefore a permanent, uh, and a permanent ban and, and one that is supported by, by the will of the community. Uh, it also is, you know, not something that a future board can then undo. So certainly if you think you can get the vote, the, uh, the, the amendment is the preferred method. I, I want to play devil's advocate for a second. Let's assume I'm a smoker and my community association bans smoking in units. Doesn't that affect my right to peaceful possession and quiet enjoyment? Well, that's always the argument. Um, I, th I think that most smoking bans will have some kind of grandfathering or grandfathering period or uh, uh, some kind of phase-in period. So I've seen smoking bans, you know, adopted in, let's just say, July or August, and it says, you know, as of January 1st, you can no longer smoke into, in your unit. Right. So it gives you some, uh, some leeway to either stop smoking or figure out another way um, to, to get the nicotine to smoke. I, I think that the, the answer to you is, uh, yes, you have the right to, to enjoy your unit, but what you don't have is the right to uh, negatively impact your neighbor's enjoyment of their unit. Uh, and sometimes a compromise has to be had, and sometimes a complete ban isn't the answer. Sometimes a smoke eater is the answer. Sometimes a, you know, you must smoke outside is the answer. And, uh, you know, this is a discussion that I think boards need to have with their unit owners. You know, what can be adopted, what is reasonable under the circumstances, and what's going to lead to, you know, uh, disputes and, and the next trip to the courthouse. Right. How would a community go about uh, enforcing a regulation or, or an outright ban on smoking? Well, let's, uh, let's assume that the ban was properly adopted either by rule or, or by amendment, then it's the same as any other enforcement. You, you write a violation letter, that violation letter has the right to an appeal. Uh, whether or not that appeal is taken or not, fines can be assessed for, for violations, um, or an injunction action can be filed uh, with the court asking for an order uh, directing that person to stop smoking and 
you know, imposing penalties for, for violating such a court order. So a new topic that I think we should address when we're talking about smoking is medical marijuana. That seems to be sweeping the nation. Various states have made it legal, including Pennsylvania, and I believe New Jersey. Not sure about Delaware. Um, how does medical marijuana impact the topic here, so, you know, banning or regulating smoking? Right. So the state of the law in, for, for medical or even recreational marijuana is, uh, is, is, is really in its infancy. So uh, even though recreational marijuana is not currently legal, at least as far as I know in Pennsylvania, there are various methods of uh, ingesting or uh, smoking or vaping. I shouldn't use the word smoking or vaping marijuana. I believe there are methods of medicating, so to speak, uh, that do not require the smoking of marijuana. I think the Fair Housing Act, regardless of whether or not you had a ban on smoking, the Fair Housing Act requires that associations make reasonable accommodations um, from their policies and procedures to the handicapped and to the extent that the, the medical condition which uh, requires that neighbor, the resident um, uh, to, to medicate with marijuana will likely qualify as a handicap and therefore associations must uh, must make those accommodations. I don't know if it's reasonable uh, as an accommodation to allow a unit owner to smoke or vape marijuana when that smoke will clearly get into the neighbor's uh, duct system or will you know impact the, the neighbor's children that are that are living there. I think that you know at least at, at this point I believe that medical marijuana can be can be vaped but cannot be smoked in a traditional sense I don't know that the uh, the vapor has the same uh, you know uh, odor that uh, uh, from vaping that it would be from from traditional marijuana smoking um, but I mean the answer you know the answer between you and me and, and you know in, in this room is well you know, they can take it in pill form, they can take it in gummy bear form or other forms, and they can still have their marijuana uh, and not impact the neighbor. You know, that person is going to say, well, the Fair Housing Act requires that you make an accommodation. It's, it's up to me what that accommodation is, and, uh, you know, the, the best way for me to ingest it is to smoke it, and I'm going to smoke it. So we're going to see lawsuits about this, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, that's true, and these are really good topics that we covered today. There's a lot of information here for community association boards and managers to consider if they are looking at regulating or banning smoking, so hopefully this information will be helpful to them. Stefan, thank you for joining me today for this podcast. If you'd like more information on services provided by the law firm Clemens, Richter, and Reese, please visit them online at www.clemenslaw.com. And for more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. Thank you for tuning in.